Hello and welcome to the Man That Rants podcast. My name's Tim and I'm the Man That Rants. So what's this then? Season 2, episode 3? Yeah, I'm back after a lengthier than planned break. I might claim it was because I was finding it difficult to host these episodes somewhere, but it was mostly because I couldn't be arsed. But anyway, I have found somewhere compatible with my podcasting needs. I'm working with the good people at Anchor. I say working with, but it's not like I sat down and had meetings with them or anything. I just found them while I was fanning around on the internet instead of doing something productive. And I say good people, but I'm sure anyone who works at Anchor will tell you that some of their colleagues are utter bastards. Who knows? It's all just speculation. So yeah, Anchor and the might-be-good-might-be-bastards people at Anchor generously distribute this podcast to pretty much every podcast platform place in the world. So there's no excuse not to listen anymore. And it costs me nothing. I'm not sure how Anchor make any money out of this, but I suspect there'll be a knock on the door any day now and they'll come to harvest my kidneys. Joke will be on them because they're knackered. I'd also like to give a shout-out to some listeners, old and new. I was messaged by a guy recently who said, Man, I love your podcasts. I assumed it was someone who was heavily into drugs, but it turns out that Sergio from Paraguay is an actual fan. Good to see ranting being appreciated in South America. Hey, Sergio. Also, a shout-out to real-life people, what I know, and who probably don't listen to this podcast because they're real-life people, what I know, and they feel some kind of obligation to listen. That's Matt and Crystal, who Mrs. Man That Rants and myself saw recently on our trip to Hong Kong. If you didn't know I'd been to Hong Kong recently, then you clearly haven't been reading the updates on my website, themanthatrants.wordpress.com. Don't worry, because some of that material is bound to be rehashed here, along with some other holiday-based rants. Anyway, let's get on with it. The Week in the News So what's happened this week? Well, it seems that Brexit's still a thing, and it seems like some politicians want to distance themselves from it further by leaving the Labour and Conservative parties and setting up a new faction called the Independent Not Party But Group. All of these MPs have refused to give up their seats and stand in by-elections, probably because they fear defeat. So they have left parties who they say are playing party political games, and in the case of the Tories, a party who will do whatever it takes to retain its position to, uh, well, retain their positions. It took about two hours from the formation of the not-party-but group for someone to make what some might call a slight gaffe and what others would call a white supremacist reveal when one of the members of the not-party-but group said, when quizzed about stamping out racism that non-white people had a funny skin tinge. So, the new centrist group that people have been claiming we needed arrived and made a fucking arse out of everything pretty much right from the off. The almost daily, think it can't get any worse, hold my pint-ness of British politics rumbles on. And also, peacefully protesting students who want tougher action and climate on climate change so they have an actual future being kettled by police and lambasted by our melted-faced Prime Minister is quite a low. But also, cunts in yellow vests chanting, we're not far right, we're just right. Have a fucking look at yourself, you pricks. Still, at least Britain is well respected throughout the world and our allies across many continents won't find our nation's self-destruction remotely funny. Oh. Rant of the week. I'm going to read one of several rants which I wrote when I was in Hong Kong. This is in order to promote my website, rather than just being lazy because I couldn't be bothered to do it. Or is it? There will be some slight differences here compared to the online version, so it's not a complete cop-out. Well, the trip to Hong Kong is over, and I need to get my final thoughts down before it all became a dim and distant memory. With the added presence of underlying, underlying, undying jet lag, this has been a lot of fun to write. 
The main problem with Hong Kong is there is very little to rant about, except that it's so bloody far away. Having never been further east than Withensee before, more about that place later, a trip of 6,000 miles was probably a bit of a stretch. More about the journey home will follow in a future rant, which I will now have to write because I said I will. And I have written it, it's on the website, themanthatrants.wordpress.com. Well, this, this is a kind of summary of things which got my goat, and there were several of them. The climate was an issue. It was supposedly in the low 20s, that Celsius scale fans, which is the hottest February I've experienced, and was right on the cusp of uncomfortable. But I had to cope with that. Humidity was another issue altogether. A digital sign by the road that I spotted during a day trip to Macau informed me that the humidity that day was 91%, which would have been fine if I was a dolphin or aquatic superhero, but I'm not. Although when you've run out of clean clothes because you've sweated all over them and you decide to take some of them to a Hong Kong Chinese laundry, they'll helpfully wash everything for you at 90 degrees and shrink it all to children's sizes. They'll also ensure that Mrs Man that rants white top will return blue because there's no belief whatsoever in separating whites and colours when washing. I ate all sorts on the trip, which was the subject of another blog post. Uh, chicken feet, goose feet, baby squid, sea urchin fried rice, all very palatable stuff. I'm nice to have any kind of digestive system situation as a result of eating this stuff. That was until I ate a full English breakfast pizza at a bar which seemed to be pretty decent. I initially blamed the fried egg on top of it, which was possibly a bit too under-fried. It was almost liquid. And then I suspected that perhaps the sausage was off. And then I wondered if it was possible that the wooden plate on which it was served hadn't been washed properly, or even the glass that I drank out of hadn't been washed properly. And then I started to imagine a kitchen where everything was washed in cold sewer water. It was a shame that this happened, because I did intend to go back later for a brunch Bloody Mary, which was a glass of Bloody Mary with skewers of all manner of fried meats and um, scotch eggs, I think they were, on top of it. So it's probably not a bad thing that I avoided that potential heart attack. Anyway, following the pizza, there was a rather unpleasant voyage to the Spice Islands. The Big Buddha was a visual highlight, and I traipsed up a thousand steps in order to marvel at it from closer quarters. There was a museum of sorts beneath it. All the writing in there was purely in Chinese, but there were some photos of the construction of the Buddha. In colour? What? I only went up there because I thought it was thousands of years old. I imagined ancient loincloth-wearing Eastern types constructing it while Europeans were still marvelling at their ability to draw a cat on a cave wall with their own faeces. But no, it was at most 50 years old. What a swizz. I'd have asked for my money back if it wasn't free. Transport in Hong Kong is disgustingly easy. Whether you want to travel underground on the MTR, which apparently doesn't stand for man that rants, crammed in with thousands of people who stare at white people with beards like they're a circus sideshow, or on a double-decker bus which drives around sharp bends at speeds that defy physics. But taxis are the best way. They use ancient Toyotas, which actually aren't ancient at all, but are built exactly like the ones we used to see here in the 1980s. And there are fucking thousands of them. You can flag them down anywhere, at a bus stop, on double yellow lines, on a pedestrian crossing. The drivers really don't give a fuck. And it's really cheap. A 30-minute journey one day cost the equivalent of about a tenner. And when we went to the hotel where we were spending the final two nights and the meter showed that the fare was $32, which is about £3.20, I gave the driver $40, about four quid. But he mistakenly thought that I was giving him a tip because I was a kind of high-flying type who spends money on international travel and fancy hotels. I wasn't intending to tip him, but I would have looked a right bastard if I'd asked for the change. And anyway, the $8 tip was only about 80 pence. And the hotel, the fancy hotel, yeah, not that fancy. It was £80 a night and included breakfast. But the room was only slightly bigger than that place the guy in Flight of the Concords rented where there wasn't enough room for a mattress. Was that an obscure enough reference for you? At the front desk when we checked in, they wanted a $1,000 deposit, about 100 quid. 
in case we ate at the restaurant or used the minibar, he said. We said we weren't going to do either of those things and refused to pay it. So as a result, a maid was sent to our room minutes after we arrived to empty the minibar. She was very apologetic. But it was as if they didn't trust me not to drink overpriced cans of Coke and bags of Lay's and nuts. Actually, that was probably quite a good call on their part. And based on the standard of the breakfast with the anemic so-called chicken sausages, not eating at the restaurant was also an exceptionally good call. Although eating breakfast did allow me to witness an American girl, who was clearly some kind of germaphobe, ask for a plate that could be thrown in the trash and any fruit or vegetables which haven't been cut with a knife. So she sat and ate some cherry tomatoes and bananas from a paper plate, before hilariously being ejected from the facilities for not wearing anything on her feet. I won't eat or even touch your dirty food, but I'll walk on your dirty floors. She didn't say as she left with the bananas. And if you have had that thing when you go to another country, your phone goes... And you get a text from your provider, welcoming you to the country, telling you you're on some new network, telling you that texts will cost so and so much, calls will cost so and so much, and that you can handily buy one of their internet bundles for an exorbitant price. Possibly these prices would be much higher than the ones you were quoted before you left when you looked at their website if you bothered. Anyway, this happened when we got to Hong Kong, and I expected it didn't really bother me very much. But when we took the ferry to former Portuguese colony Macau, which is technically Chinese territory but you have, it's also another country because you have to show your passport and everything bizarre isn't it the same thing happened again welcome to Macau blah 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 it's going to cost this but then I was spammed by the Macau tourist board thinking of going to the ruins of St Paul's it said in a text we advise against it as it's currently quite busy there yeah a bit strange to get the get a text from the tourist board you might not think much of it but when I received that I was standing at the bottom of the steps looking up at the ruins of St Paul's were they watching me? Bit peculiar. We jumped in a taxi to go and have a look at one of the casinos, Macau being the only place in China where casino gambling is legal. And my phone went mental as we approached it. Well, I say mental. I received eight text messages from different Macau casinos, more or less begging me to go and play there. I didn't, though. Had they offered me a free pint and something to eat, I might have done, but I don't care about the biggest selection of blackjack, blackjack, fucking hell, can't even say it. Try that bit again. Had they offered me a free pint and something to eat, I might have done. But I don't really care about the biggest selection of blackjack tables in Asia, or any of your other crap, or craps, dice fans, you spamming bastards. Still, there was free beer and peanuts on the ferry. Shit film of the week! On the plane to Hong Kong, yes I'm mentioning it again, there was an extensive onboard entertainment system with a ton of films to watch. As we never got to watch it at Christmas as, I, as planned, and as I'd never seen it before, I chose to watch Die Hard. I was surprised to find that the film wasn't about some Welsh tough guy, or somebody who'd taken a fatal overdose of Viagra, but instead starred Bruce Willis. You sometimes forget how old films are, but Bruce Willis still had hair in this. It looked very dated, but you get the impression that if Willis had been more focused on being a good husband and a good dad instead of being a cop who doesn't play by the rules but always gets results, that he wouldn't have ended up crawling around air vents in the Nagasaki Plaza or whatever it's called. Alan Rickman plays a not-that-convincing German terrorist, but he seemingly gets a pass for this because he's such a great actor. Well, there are limits to what great actors can get away with, aren't there? Liam Neeson. So the question is, is Die Hard a Christmas film? Well, it takes place at Christmas, so I guess so. The debate about this has rumbled on for a long time and it's very handily distracted Peter from the real issue. Die Hard is a fucking shit action film with a terrible script and even worse acting. Shit album of the week. 
It was the Brit Awards the other night where loads of people I've never heard of won awards they didn't deserve in categories that shouldn't exist. Best grime outfit? What does that even mean? Is it something to do with overalls? Accused paedophile Jared Leto was there. He's seeming to get to pass because he's good-looking, though, along with nobody really caring that Johnny Depp's a domestic violence enthusiast. So, because of his presence there, I decided to listen to a band that I'd never listened to before because I was, I was always convinced I'd hate them. The band, of course, is Leto's 30 Seconds to Mars, and I chose the latest offering, America. So here goes. Walk on Water starts with an Enrique Iglesias-style oh thing, and then it's straight into auto-tuned pop bollocks. How did this band feature in Kerrang! magazine so heavily ten years ago? Nope. Skip. Oh, there's a rock element. Are we on track four before that even came up? Looks like it. A guitar that sounds like it would belong on a Def Leppard album that was released around the time of Hysteria, but not quite as good as Hysteria, before you think I'm going there. You know, when Def Leppard's drummer lost his arm and they altered their style from actual rock to shite in order to accommodate his new ability or lack thereof. I couldn't actually get to the end of the album. Too poppy, too X-Factory, too manufactured. If Leto never goes to prison for being inappropriate with underage girls, he definitely should be in prison for this heinous offering. It made me want to fill my ears with expanding foam. Classic rant of the week. The man that rants jet-set lifestyle isn't all about travelling thousands of miles to other continents. Sometimes I travel to places a little closer to home. Here's the thing about going for Sunday lunch in Withensee from 2017. See, I told you I'd mention this place again. It was a rainy Sunday and we drove to Withensee, a pearl on the East Yorkshire coast to which I'd never previously been for a spot of lunch. Even the sat-nav said, where? as I punched in the address. As we headed along the most winding and most chicane-like roads the country has to offer, the weather cleared and it turned into a nice sunny day. Approaching the town, I felt like we should have been in a convertible with the top down. Shades on, nodding our heads while singing a song such as Don Henley's Boys of Summer. There was a quaint white lighthouse at the end of the road and I thought it looked like such a nice place. Then the needle scraped across the record as I spied the Heron Foods megastore and the largest coral bookmakers I've ever seen. The streets were full of betrack-suited knuckle-draggers and I realised the sun was actually making it look like this turd had recently been polished. Oh well. We were going to meet at a golf club with our friends Matt and Crystal for a carvery. Hi, Matt and Crystal. You might have a very different idea of what golf clubs are, and I don't mean the things you hit the ball with, I mean the actual buildings. I imagine driving up a winding road to a huge stately home-like building with perfectly manicured gardens, oozing grandeur and the smell of old money. I imagine going inside and a maitre d' arching a quizzical eyebrow at me as, as he loaned me a blazer and a tie before ushering, ushering us into a members-only lounge for aperitifs. Nope, the clubhouse was like an oversized porter cabin next to the course. A sign saying members only on the grass was being ignored by some chavvy kids who chased a football around on said grass, doubtlessly high on Snapple, and we headed inside. I was clearly overdressed as I didn't look like I'd slept in a skip, and we moved towards the bar. I've never seen such a wide range of smooths available in any drinking establishment before, and was forced to drink something called Theakston's Best. But we were here for the carvery. A carvery which cost people £5 each. I know it's insanely cheap, right? That's half the price of a Toby carvery. We were served our meat by a man who was Withensy's equivalent of the only gay in the village character from Little Britain. He was super gay and super proud, defying the small town mentality of being anything different to anyone else and he was overdoing it massively. There was a choice of two meats and he was also in charge of the Yorkshire puddings, stuffing and cauliflower cheese. When asked what he wanted, one of our party said, everything I can see. The man replied with, you'll at least need to buy me a drink first and formed his mouth into an exaggerated O. It was like a Dick Emery sketch. He had so many facial piercings, he looked like he was about to star in a Hellraiser reboot. 
His painted on shirt was a little unnecessary too, as nobody needs to see a man's nipples that close to food. But he was happy, and he stuck in Withensy despite the fact that every day was probably made a nightmare for him by homophobes, some of whom were probably rooting around a little bit more than they're comfortable with in the closet. The food was pretty decent for a fiver. The Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire puddings were a little rubbery, and the cauliflower cheese was more like cauliflower water. But the meat was outstanding, and the portions were very generous. The desserts weren't good, though. How would you go wrong with a sticky toffee pudding? Answer. You buy it from Heron Foods and you serve it with some flavourless ice cream, but serve it in a large bowl and drizzle toffee over it to try and camouflage the fact that your supermarket reheat job is far from gourmet. One out of ten for effort. After lunch we saw the town centre, a mist having descended which made it look somewhat sinister. A drink in the converted lifeboat house, while watching Viz-like characters do their best to recreate a Michael Jackson's thriller atmosphere outside, was frankly terrifying. We left soon after, surprised the wheels were still on the car, and I'm sure I could hear the sound of the sat-nav crying in the glove compartment. Well, that's it for this week. When will I return? Well, I don't know. Hopefully there'll be less of a gap between this show and the next one, but who knows. I've got an app thing now on my tablet, which means I can record podcasts when I'm on the move. So I might it might be cool at some point to do a sort of on-location thing from some of the shit places I visit. Who knows, we'll just see what happens anyway. In the meantime, I'm at the man that rants on Twitter, the man that rants on Facebook. You can email me, themanthatrantsoutlook.com. Message me, contact me, rant at me, whatever. And I'm, it might mean that I don't have to come up with my own material if you do it for me. I'd like to hear from people who are further afield as well, having uh, had contact with Sergio from Paraguay. Is he the person furthest away from me who's listening? Are you in an obscure part of the world? Are you at the top of a mountain? Are you at the bottom of the Marianas Trench? Where are you listening to it? Let me know. Also, visit my website, which I've mentioned a couple of times already, themanthatrants.wordpress.com. There's absolutely loads of material there. There were six things that were written during the, during the Hong Kong trip. All of it's absolutely free. I know, I spoil you. Anyway, until next time, see ya.